0: Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews, and resources for ITAM, SAM, and software licensing professionals. All right, it's getting cold. We're now at the November edition of ITAM Antics. Uh, our monthly news podcast where we discuss the biggest ITAM stories, as usual, I'm joined by Rich and AJ. Say hi, Rich and AJ.
1: Hi, Rich and AJ.
2: Hi, AJ and Rich. Oh, I don't like <laughs> it.
0: All right, um, as usual, I'll kick off with a bit of housekeeping, so some of the upcoming events that you should have seen, but if not, there's a few here that you might you might be interested in. So, um, most, okay, the most kind of very very soon, actually coming up is the the Excellence Awards 2023, coming up on Thursday the 7th of December at the Crown Plaza in Reading. Um, so this is our eighth year; always a great event, a gala dinner, Excellence Awards, brilliant stuff. Um, the only thing is, it's, we're fully booked, and we've actually had to we had to get extra tables, didn't we, Rich? I think we had to to get people. To remember, yeah, it So, you know, we look forward to seeing seeing people there. Um, Another thing coming up, the ITAM and Sustainability Online Summit. So this is a kind of, it's it's not a webinar because it's far too long. So it's far too long to be a webinar. So it's it's two and a half hours, um, unlock the power of sustainability. On December the 14th, between two o'clock and 4.30, we're breaking down barriers and revealing the powerful connections between ITAM and sustainability, Um, together with Flexera, ServiceNow and Dynamic Lifecycle Innovations. So that's definitely one to put in your diary before you kind of start to, before the the, the festive period really kicks in, get on on to that. And then further into the future, looking 2024, Wisdom North America. We've got the dates and the venue announced. So Wisdom North America will take place on Tuesday, March 19th and Wednesday, March 20th. (laughs) at University of South Florida at St. Petersburg campus. So come along and enjoy a wide range of presentations, workshops and interactive sessions, all delivered by carefully chosen experienced industry professionals. Um, for those on that side of the the, uh, the the globe, it really is a highlight in your ITAM calendar, so make sure you sign up um, ahead of time. All right, um, Rich, you've had a busy time recently, talking of wisdom north america you've just come back from wisdom apac
1: how's that well it turns out australia is still really far away i was (laughs) uh, i I kind of hoped that maybe something had changed but no um but yeah absolutely fantastic so it it was kind of you know 24 hours each way but it was more than worth it so we had the best attendance for an apac wisdom ever and it was a really, really good event, loads of energy. We had like twenty five people there for the first time, so as well as lots of you know wonderful returning faces. We had loads of new people, which is fantastic. Um, sessions about all sorts. We had I think we had three about AI, um, Microsoft, business intelligence service now all sorts, really good energy levels, really good engagement. Uh I you know I was absolutely shattered at the end of the conference, but riding high on adrenaline for three days. Um so yeah it was wonderful. You know Melbourne, great city. Um and then yeah we'll be back, you know, back in, in Sydney next year. So looking forward to it already. But yeah anyone from from the conference that's listening yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for coming and making it so so exciting,
0: and uh, yeah, see you next time. Awesome, awesome, sad. And what and was the coffee as as good this time around?
1: Well, we had the uh, something that's becoming a staple of the the wisdom events. We had the barista coffee cart in the in the vendor hall, and uh, they did do some excellent. excellent coffees
0: fantastic i i just i brought it up because i i know there's a, there's a little bit of rivalry there between the two cities and and who makes the best coffee and to be honest any 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 coffee from australia seems to be rather top notch so good stuff all right shall we dive into the um the main stories um the first one so we've got five to get through this one it's been, it's been quite a busy week, busy month actually. Um so first one, talking of Australia, um was the story of of Atlassian buying air track. So we, we kind of use the tagline consolidation down under on this one. So um a bit of context. So the, the what I like to call the mega software company. I'm on a personal mission to get the word mega into as many stories as possible, so look out for those. So, the mega software company Atlassi- Atlassian has purchased fellow Aussie Airtrack for an undisclosed sum. The news comes shortly after Atlassian completed their biggest acquisition in history, in its history, I should say, when it spent. um uh, 1.5 billion Australian dollars equivalent to 975 million us dollars to acquire the video collaboration platform loom just in october so just the month before so you know kind of looking into why or air track so Airtrack is all about data quality so they specialize in helping customers understand the data and digital assets they own and how they are configured um it was originally spun out of its former parent company the mastermind group by its MD, Mike Jones, in 2017. Um, certainly made a big impression during its relatively short six years in the space, having made the um, shortlist for ITAM technology of the year at the 2022 and 2020 ITAM Review Excellence Awards. Um, AirTrack gained a strong reputation for solving a problem that has grown in complexity over the years, and that is the challenge of data quality. So we asked um, Mike Jones for a bit of um, a comment to share a little bit of that. Bit more light on the reasons behind the move, um, and he said that although Airtrack started life and has a very strong use cases in ITAM, and we'll never forget our roots. Over the years, we've pivoted to a much broader set of use cases across an enterprise, including configuration management, security, and operational governance. If we look down the road, the opportunity is endless, and we're focusing on unlocking data available within a customer environment to de- deliver an incredible experience, whether it be in IT, HR, facilities, you name it. And um Rich was particularly keen to find a hip hop lyric to sum up Harry's feeling and he and he didn't shy away from this. So he said, as Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock once wrote into history, it takes two to make a thing go right, it takes two to make it out of sight. Rich, did I get that right? You, you I did. I think it definitely
1: I definitely think that was the first time you've ever said Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock out loud, though.
0: It, it is I had to um read it twice to make sure I got, it. <laughs> got it right I know I did say easy and not EZ because that would have been a um <laughs> that would have been a, a bit of a schoolboy error on that one so um yeah talking to you Rich what do you what do you what do you make of this what this means for the for the industry then yeah I mean
1: I think you know acquisitions are all, always interesting and exciting and I think it really highlights kind of you know from, from the quotes that you read out from mike there you know we talk a lot about the importance of data to itam and then we talk a lot about how itam is important to the wider business in terms of the data it's got how it can supply it and i think you know the urtrak acquisition is is kind of that writ large really you know if a company like atlassian sees the value in technology like urtrak for you know config management security etc i think it's a real good you know r- real life example of what we've all been saying for the last few years um so i i think it's you know in, incredibly exciting for the industry I'm, I'm sure very exciting for mike um and, and the rest of the earthrack team so yeah really positive uh, and i guess you know the the next thing is, is just to keep an eye on you know what do atlassian do with it you know is it still going to be a separate product, will it be wrapped into something, you know, I suppose those are all still being figured out, but I would imagine, uh, you know, AJ from, from your side, you know,
2: it, it probably makes a lot of sense. This acquisition. Yeah, it does. It's, 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 as Mike says, it's, it's, it's about data is needed everywhere. Um We'll come on to um, that a bit later as well. And in, in, in one of the job listings we're going to talk about, but um you know, it's, he's always he's always said that it's you know it wasn't just about itam it was other uh, it, it was quite unexpected i think that they suddenly had other people interested in the product and it was like actually oh yeah you know this this is universal um because you don't want to be doing all this discovery once oh, oh, sorry twice you just want to get it everyone working from the same data so being able to track down where the holes are um is, is really useful because that really helps improve processes because. Generally, if you have if you have a data hole, it's a process problem rather than just a coverage problem. And it can really highlight where all well, this automation that we're using is perhaps going wrong. So it's that kind of that trust and verify process is the verify bit of the um of the process of sort of finding knowing what you know is what you know, is is what it comes down to. Oh, interesting.
0: i am interested to see if there are any other vendors out there that are kind of tracking beyond
2: beyond ITAM, see what else they can, uh, can yeah have. yeah there, there, there is that sort of wider wider sort of tool set i think out there that, that people are realizing that, that the sort of the data acquisition and, and, and the data quality stuff is could be commoditized and then it's you're putting a layer on top of it mm. do whatever you want to do with that data so if you're security then you're you, you still need to have all that foundational data as we've seen from talking about um standard and pause last month um and so, what you get is is a realization that you do that data collection and, and, and normalization really, really well somewhere, and then you put a different, you, know, you put your own layer on top of it. So, you know, I, I suppose, yeah, it's a little bit like the OSI model where you've got a different layer. Um, it, it doesn't quite sort of map that way, but you've got an applica- application layer on top of your lower layers, and, and the data collection and verification is, is a lower layer to the application layer where you're actually going to. Do something with that data.
0: Hmm. All right, let's move on to the the next story. So this was um, off the back of a report that Snow did, um, which was their I- annual the um, annual IT priorities report, 2023, which found that artificial intelligence is dominating or w- was dominating the mind share of IT leaders this year and next, with 72% of IT leaders believing their organisations will be using more AI. In the next two or three years um it's worth mentioning though that while ai made the top priority for it leaders the foreseeable future report did suggest that continued economic uncertainty around the globe is forcing cios to continue to look for further cost savings ways to reduce risk embrace the power of platforms and more so kind of a lot of the trends that were there kind of last year at lowering cost reducing risk are still very much very much pre- um, prominent there. So if you actually look at the article itself, we um we included a graph which um Snow put together, which was the organization's top IT priorities over the 12 months. And indeed, integrating AI was top there, but it it's it's in percentage points. Um integrating AI was 32%, and then 31%, so just 1% below was reducing security risks, reducing IT costs were 29%. So Yes, the headline is there that AI is the top, but it's it's not like it's stand out way ahead of everything else. It's, but it's, you know, I guess the story here is it's it's kind of come out of nowhere very quickly and it's come out at amongst the top, top challenges. Um, another one that stood out to me was um, we're not being as overwhelmed by data as we used to be, which is a nice thing. So it was, um, how strongly do you agree or disagree with the following statement that I am overwhelmed by data. Back in 2021, 72% of IT leaders were overwhelmed by data. And then by 2023, it's reduced to 46%. So, you know, the tools are clearly doing something to help to help with this, this instance. So um Rich, uh funnily enough, there was there was something else in here that said IT believe they are overspending on cloud infrastructure and cloud services, but they some of them also think they're overspending on FinOps, so that you know the very tools that should be helping with this. So, what do you think? What do you think that means?
1: Yeah, In- I, I was interested when I saw that, and, and when you highlighted it, I thought that was quite an interesting one. And it it seems you know paradoxical at first, but I think it probably happens quite a lot at the beginning of anything like this, you know, kind of businesses realize, right, FinOps is a thing. I'm seeing all this stuff. I can save money. I can increase spend efficiency, da, da, da. but you don't really know exactly what it is, what it looks like, how it will work in your business. So I can imagine, you know, that organizations are buying multiple tools or, buying, you know, a higher end tool than they actually need initially. um, You know, if you buy an old singing, old dancing tool, and this isn't just for FinOps, you know, this applies to anything. If you buy the top level one, but you give it, you know, it's your first time using FinOps methodologies, you're not going to be able to get the most out of that tool. um, You know, and I, I think you're probably better off using the free tools for 12 to 18 months. So I think there's some of that And, you know, how many people do I need in a FinOps team for my organization is a question that I would imagine most execs are thinking, and there's no real answer. So, you know, do you hire one person? Do you hire eight people? So there's probably some of that as well, um, where, you know, the overspend is on, you know, maybe bigger teams than your organization can support. And I think it probably all comes down to, you know, processes being the first thing. You know, you need to get understand what you're trying to do, where are your problems, how do you solve them, what processes do we need to reduce our cloud spend, increase our spend efficiency, etc. And then you get the people, and then you get the tool. But I, I would imagine many organizations, you know, through no fault of their own, have perhaps gone in tool first and are spending more than they're saving at the moment um but as I say I think that probably happens with almost any new sort of technology initiative at first and it will it will write itself you know p- companies will start to understand what it should look like there'll be more benchmarking across the industry etc um but yeah having thought about it it doesn't surprise me that that's the situation, uh, but I would imagine, you know this time next year it will probably look
0: somewhat different yeah and i suppose worth mentioning as as on well as we we're recording this snow announced something about their ITAM co-pilot.
1: yeah yeah so the, that's quite interesting and i think slight side note it's interesting that copilot isn't a, it's not a proprietary, you know, Microsoft talk about co-pilot so much, mm. you almost mm. think that, it, you know, it's the Microsoft trademark, but clearly it isn't. Co-pilot, I think, is just a, a new term now that, you know, any sort of AI that helps us is a co-pilot. Um, but yeah, you know, Snow, Snow getting that out there. You know, I know we saw, you know, a couple of episodes ago about... Um,
0: one of the was it Tory added adding... in Tory, yeah. Tori. That there was theirs was called Ask Tory. It was a AI assistant. Yeah. Same thing. And then
1: this, yeah, so you know, some of the examples Snow have shown, you know, it's kind of how many things have been installed in the last X or, you know, how many of this do I have? And I think, you know, as with anyone who's using Chat GPT and, and stuff like that at the moment. You know, it's all things that you could do yourself. You could find that information yourself, but it might take you an hour or 20 minutes or, you know, why not let CoPilot do it in eight seconds? Um, so it's interesting to see AI, you know, we, we, like I say, we had three sessions in Australia about AI and ITAM and how it all comes together. So it's, um, yeah, cool to see it starting to happen in real life. And um, anyone out there, Who's using Snowflake Pilot or anything similar? Would love to hear some, uh, you know, real-world insights from people for sure.
0: Yeah, and then there's and what's been? And I'm sure, I'm sure our audience has been familiar with the story this week of um, Sam Altman, the the OpenAI CEO that was CEO, then he wasn't CEO, went to work to Microsoft, and now he's CEO again back at OpenAI. <laughs> it's been a it's been an interesting week for AI, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean very much the the you know the kind of coronation street vibes. Um so or, you know, insert your local slash regional soap opera, you know, Coronation Street for me as a northerner, but EastEnders, neighbours, you know, uh and whatever it might be, you know, lots of com- coming's and goings. Very interesting to see Microsoft's, you know, they involved in it in the background so you know, they gave him a job possibly um you know the most short-lived job i've ever seen <laughs> um, but but yeah it's you know and, and lots of things you know, i know that you know snow copilot is built on top of open ai on azure so it's kind of you know you might think well does it you know how does the ceo of, of an ai company Impact us, these things are all, all sort of tied together. Um, and yeah, very interesting to see the uh the kind of machinations over there last week.
0: Yeah, I know Satya Nadella was, was quoted, wasn't he? Saying, kind of, I forget the exact wording, but said, you know, that we'll you know, we'll, we'll be working with him whether he's working for us or not. You know, he said we'll, we'll be partnering with. I'll still be working with with Sam anyway. So it's you know clearly Microsoft are pushing on this hard. So, um, yeah, like you say, we've seen the co pilot already, and it's a big part of the partnership. All right, um, I just the thing that you know my phrase with uh, you know, oh, it's been an interesting week in AI. Could be said every week this <laughs> year. So it was just fun that this this week it was more of a soap opera element rather than um, a product launch or something interesting in that regard. All right, um, let's move on to the next one. Um, AJ, I'll turn to you for this one. So we um, we recently published our first draft of the ITAM review Microsoft certification, put it out there for the community to um, give us their feedback. Do you wanna, wanna just explain briefly what these certifications are and kind of how, how they come about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these are, these are certifications for a product or a service, mostly products, really uh, tools and so on. Um, And it's, it's kind of what we consider to be um, the appropriate level of functionality for a tool that's going to do something. So we've got existing ones for SAP, for Oracle tools, um, for enterprise SAM in general. And yeah, it makes sense that most people out there, or virtually everyone who's doing ITAM, must have some Microsoft to manage. Um, and so we've cre- created this standard that looks at how you, how you discover your entitlements, how you discover your usage, how you normalize that data, uh, make sense of it, and how you use it for optimization. So, um, what that means is that um, that companies that make Microsoft tooling come along to us and uh and we'll take a look at the product uh we get customer references um have a demo have a, have a fairly detailed survey as to whether it meets the requirements um and yeah so i mean you know the aim for for you as listeners really is to give you an idea when you're out there looking for a um for a new tool or service you know to, to kind of shorten your shortlist, i suppose um have a look at what's out there in the market, read some, read a pretty detailed uh, sort of review um, of the products, you know, what are the strengths, what's the weaknesses, and also hear from customers as well, so real-world customers who maybe used it for a few years, what the customer service is like, what the technical support's like, um, what ROI they've seen, how, how easy was it for them to kind of get up and running with it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a good level of sort of intelligence about upcoming or, or existing tools if you're out there looking for a, looking for a new tool or service
0: brilliant so so our request is that if they, they go to the article the we've got the draft there yep. the draft standard so um people could have, have a look you know give us their feedback is there any particular deadline you want people to come back to
2: by or is this uh, uh, working no not particularly i mean it, it, it's it's open for comments and it's a it, it, you know, it, it's a continuously growing yeah. standard. Um, we're, we're very conscious um, that, uh, you know, our, our listeners here are the ones that will know what issues they're facing day-to-day with Microsoft. And so if there's something that we've missed in the standard, it's kind of, it's focused primarily on sort of on-prem data center and bring your own licensing. So we deliberately haven't done very much around Azure, um, uh, other than using uh, BYOL, um simply because that's a separate topic, really, uh, as far as as far as we see, it. it's uh, so it, it's about managing your on-prem Microsoft state across operating systems, applications, servers, mm-hmm. um, and so on. So um, yeah, it, it's it's sort of slightly narrow focus, I suppose, but I think it covers what most people will be um, using Microsoft for um, in the audience. So yeah, if you have comments please just come back and um and have a, have a, have a have a look at the article and anything you um, think we should add or maybe remove just let us know and we'll um we'll um make sure that we add that
0: again yeah. all right let's move on so story number 4 um this is one basically um what ITAM can learn from contract management lessons from Schiphol airport so so this is off the back of, I had the opportunity to speak with Arjun Hameling, the IT contract manager at Skipol Group. So the owner and operator of Amsterdam Airport Skipol. um Really interesting conversation. Um, so he's responsible for both software asset management and contract management for all the software publisher contracts that, that they use. So he started in, in SAM and then, the, and then contract management got added to his role. So he had to kind of learn contract management as part of his role and that uh, and that helped make his his sam role better he got better he felt that he, he was able to provide more value in in software as, as, software asset management as well as a as a result of that um there were kind of two things that struck me most when speaking with him so number one this might be blindingly obvious to other people but it's it's how much IT and software is involved in the operations of an airport, like from every single step that you to go through through an airport is monitored, tracked, you know, and supported by IT. So the moment you check in, you then you've got security, boarding, departure, every single step is, is monitored and managed by IT. And obviously, we all know if, if one part of that falls over, how kind of messed up an airport can get, which is a testament to how kind of rare that really happens. You know, this this is all before you even get in a plane and then all the technical aspects of um managing that side of things. So um and the other the other part of it was the um how important it is like understanding the true underlying value of software and how difficult that can be, but also essential to do for SAM. So not just you know the monetary cost but the, the value that it delivers to the organization. So um a quote from, from him in the article was, um, for example, one of the pieces of software that he was investigating seemed really expensive to him. So he was looking at ways to he could reduce its expenditure. But after one meeting with a stakeholder, his perspective completely changed. They pointed out that just 30 minutes of downtime without, so 30 minutes without that software would cost the airport the equivalent of three years of cost of its license, despite how expensive the license was. So when seen from that perspective, he can see that the software is a very, very good value. So um, and I think from memory that was the um the software that runs the um the baggage handling. So you can imagine if 30 minutes of that, all those bags are lost, what an absolute nightmare and what what cost that would be. Um so uh Rich, I'll I'll turn to you first on this one. So, you know, it gave his role kind of of well, Sam with contract management gave him these interesting insights into the true value of software. Um, do you think this is something that that in ITAM we might kind of lose sight of sometimes, and focus so much on the the monetary cost and is um, that the management? Yes, I mean I think there's two things there. I think one,
1: you know, f- for me, and and I'm aware, you know, I've I've never been a real life end user IT asset manager so I am aware that I'm I'm looking at it maybe slightly differently but I think the fact that software asset management and contract management are ever separate is baffling you know all the software we buy is based on contracts uh, and I do a lot of you know over the years a lot of articles about audits that have gone to court every single one of them is based on contract terms that were, you know, misunderstood or or missed, etc. So I think it's a great example of how, you know, salmon contract management. Are, you know, I was going to say two sides same coin, but there are lots of sides. So so maybe one of those weird twenty sided Dungeons and Dragons dice is a, a a better analogy. Um, but they're they're certainly related. Um, and then I think the the piece about the software. You know, we, we say quite often that IT asset managers need to be working with stakeholders, engaging with the business, understanding what you know what you're doing in terms of what it means to other people and vice versa. And I think that is a, a fantastic example of you know, the, the expensive is relative. And I think I as IT Asset Managers, you know, cause that might have been something that you became consumed with trying to reduce the costs on this software. But then you talk to you know other parts of the business and you realise actually everyone's perfectly happy with that cost. I'll I'll highlight it green, I'll put a tick next to it and I'll move on to something else. And and yeah, I think wonderful example of how being involved with the business and talking to stakeholders can, you know, change what you see as a problem quite quickly.
0: Hey, uh, Aj, from from your side of mm. who's, who's, who's done this, does that does this strike strike a chord with you?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. um Obviously, as well as I worked in travel and tourism, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's um everything he said is just like yeah, yeah, done that, done that, done that because. Uh, we had the same thing. We had a, a piece of really expensive software. I think it was thirty thousand dollars a month, um, which is by far away our biggest ticket, even bigger than than, than say our Oracle ERP contract. Um, and we were, what is this? It's used by two people, um, and it was to do with um, working out optimum fueling strategies for the ships, uh, where where to take on fuel in the world, tra- tracking spot prices, all sorts of stuff like this. I'm like, kind of do we need this? Is that, yeah, it's it's saving a fraction of a percent on our fuel bill which is in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year. <laughs> so yeah, it is absolutely worth it. Um uh, and you know the, the, the sort of the, the baggage claim stuff as well. Um yeah, I remember that my, my former CEO was actually um responsible for deploying the badge baggage badge claim pro, um system at Terminal 5 in the Heathrow. Um, yeah. Those of you who remember that went horribly wrong uh, for the first few days, and <laughs> no, that was a software problem. So, um, yeah, we when you're dealing with that of volume of people, um, everything is critical because it doesn't take much for it's you know it, it's it's a bit like a traffic jam, isn't it? Or you know, one car breaks down on the motorway, and suddenly you've got a ten mile queue, um, and yeah. That, that that's what it's like it's a very high pressure environment and um as soon as you start compensating tens of thousands of passengers um those software costs are really sort of paying into its significance
0: yeah yeah and i remember that terminal five that was that was a pr disaster for them wasn't it it was it was yeah you know that yeah. so much preparation had gone into positioning ba you know this is ba's terminal it was you know it's a huge huge launch
2: yeah, yeah, well, he, he, yeah. He, he left BA, came to us, I and mean, within the first few months, nothing to do with him, There was we had a major issue. Um, and he was really good because he just dealt with the fact that you had, yeah, we had like 40,000 people trying to get on the ships. Um, mm. And he was just like, yeah, we can do this and mobilize the troops as such. And um, yeah, um, so that was a very positive story for us, <laughs> actually. Terminal 5 going on. Also, it didn't also encourage people not to go through airports and go cruising instead. We used to make a big point of the fact you could, uh, Hand your bag over and be in your cabin and it would be there by the time you got to your cabin. So um yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nice. All right. Last story for today, keeping with the the AI theme that's been quite prominent in this in this one. Um, Microsoft Copilot White Paper. So sponsored by Software One, um, titled Harnessing the Power of Microsoft Copilot: A Guide for Business Decision Makers. So also generate generative AI um leverages machine learning techniques to create to generate creative and novel content it can create anything from written text to visual artwork, music, and even code. The key aspect of generative AI is its ability to learn patterns and structures from input data, and then use this learned knowledge to generate new original content that is similar, but not identical to the original, to the input data. So, um, so Rich, I'll turn to you first, because you wrote this one. So um, firstly, is this our first paper where we can say it's it's specifically focused on ai uh um, i think it's the first white paper yeah we've done a couple yeah. of articles but this is the first yeah. White paper, yeah yeah and um so do you want to um microsoft copilot tell us a bit bit about it and kind of what are the main takeaways from the paper that you'd, you'd want to share
1: yeah, so I mean, I would imagine that everyone has has come across Microsoft Copilot now. This is specifically about uh, Microsoft Three Six Five Copilot, to so the the add on that will will help us all with um, Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Outlook, etc. Um, it's unfortunately limited at the moment to enterprise agreement customers, minimum purchase of three hundred. So, although Microsoft say it's generally available. Um the word general is doing a lot of you know heavy lifting there. Uh, but for, for you know lots of people that are using it. I was talking to some some early access customers in Australia as well. You know, they gave great feedback. But the the point of the paper is kind of preparing for co-pilot coming into your business from a software and asset management perspective, because this is you know very much a case of executives will, will come in and go, right, Microsoft have told me about Copilot, let's do it. Um, It's $30 per user per month, which on the face of it isn't that much really. You know, I'm sure you could think to yourself, in my monthly role, I can save $30 of time and effort. But then when you talk to people who've got 20,000 users, and it suddenly becomes you know, a couple of million, how do you then justify it and, and work out the ROI? So the paper kind of looks at everything you need to do before co-pilot. So how do you decide who gets it and who doesn't? And we look at a few different uh, strategies for that. You know, How do you measure value? Again, there are different ways. Is it purely monetary? You know, George used to create you know he used to publish four articles now he publishes 40 thus he's 10 times more productive or is it a case of you know george does six articles but is much happier and you know spends less time fiddling with fonts for example um so there's a couple of different ways of doing that and then we look through you know software one I've got a kind of model for Moving through the the planning phase, proof of concept, etc., um, because it needs a lot of planning. There are security concerns as well. Um, I think if you just turn, if someone just turns up and says, "Oh, I've bought Copilot," it's going to be a problem. It's going to be expensive and messy. So you need to prepare for it. I think, you know, several months at least. So, so the the white paper, um, we did a, an on-demand webinar about it as well. Uh, so those two things together, really just trying to give people the, um, the, the context and ideas as to how to get prepared. And from an asset management perspective, how will this impact your role? What extra jobs is it going to give you? Which, ironically... Bringing Copilot in to to reduce everyone's workload will probably add some new tasks for the asset manager. Um, so we kind of look at all that. You know, the, there's there's more to say. You know, it, it would have been the world the world's longest white paper if we tried to cover everything. Um, but I think there's lots of good stuff in there. So anyone who's interested or whose company is looking at Copilot, obviously, I'm biased, but I would recommend downloading the white paper and having a read-through and just thinking you know, how you can apply some of that to, to your business right now.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Rich. And uh, just to clarify, the, the George that you used in your example there was purely coincidental and does not apply to, to <laughs> this George. We literally. do not use AI to write the articles at the ITAM <laughs> review. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Maybe that will call the next podcast. <laughs> So if I sound a bit different on the next podcast, if I sound a bit more robotic, then we know we've um we've cracked it. <laughs> okay, let's um let's go to the kind of the, the so we've gone through the main stories now. Um we'll just wrap up with some of the um kind of other things going on and other things we want to wanna mention. Um we wanted to um we've started we've got this idea of AJ suggested this of doing a, a kind of a job of the month. Um if there's a this may be regular, it depends if there's a a decent job each month that we see, but there was a, the job that came up that that AJ wanted to flag, which was um, IT asset manager at Docker. Um, AJ, do you want to say anything about, about this kind of why you why you flagged it up?
2: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So you know, Docker um are you know are a new company? They're still in startup mode. They're still raising funding. Um, they've they they got a two point one billion dollar. Uh, valuation so you know they're they're not a small company they've been around a long time Um, but this is an interesting sort of indicator of their maturity I think Um, you know they've um, they're growing exponentially they say Um, and so perhaps they're finally at the stage where they think actually we need to start paying attention to our costs a little bit Um, and that often comes from you know, the, the, the serious investors you get when you get to series C, when when you've raised your third or fourth round of funding, suddenly you're kind of in that mode to prepare for IPO or maybe acquisition by another company or so on. Um, this is a UK based role, although it's fully remote, um, which is interesting. You know, I mean, Docker are not a UK company. So, so it's based in the UK. Does that sort of point towards our kind of expertise in this area, uh, in Europe in general, maybe we, maybe we, um, we are sort of leading here slightly, uh, fully remote. Um, Docker is still quite a small company. I was was interested to see they're sort of around 150 to 200 employees. So this is a small company doing big things, you know, they're kind of everywhere, aren't they? That's Um, I I would have said like at least a thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only going on what sort of is on, is on LinkedIn, but, um, that's what the list it has. So, um, either they've not updated something or, um, you know they're they're relatively small, it mm-hmm. seems. And finally, they are, or maybe it's like a UK version. No, maybe it's the UK UK uh, population or something. Um, but this is a really well written um IT asset management role. We quite often see these IT asset manager jobs come up, and they're like kind of well, they don't really understand what they're asking for, but they really are on it for this. You know, it's everything from. It looks to me like it's going to be bootstrapping. Um. You know an it asset management practice here they're, they're, they're obviously fairly serious about it they've got various tools cooking around they're using umnitsa for discovery and enterprise management using productive which is uh used for sas primarily jamf which is hardware management particularly including max um and jira as well so it sort of hooks in um you know quite nicely with um with, with a, a range of tools here um but it's doing everything. you know. It, it's maintaining the system of record to working with stakeholders for procurement. We just talked about contract management. Um, not too much cloud stuff, which is interesting because they're a cloud company. Um, but it's... Uh, and, and clearly, with the tools they're using, they've got plenty of on-prem stuff as well to, to manage. Um, yeah, really, really good job. Um, it's currently, according to... Um, LinkedIn got about seventy odd applicants still time to apply um fully remote, which I think is you know basically awesome and they're they're a very forward forward looking company in terms of diversity inclusion, um the ability to you know just take time off when you want to, um, all that sort of stuff. so um yeah, yeah, really really interesting to see like a new world kind of startup company still seeing the value of IT asset management.
0: I think we're, worth finding, we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll put the a link to the job in the, in the description for the podcast. So um, if anyone's interested in that, they can have a look at that.
2: Yeah. And if you get, if you get the job and you get the job because you heard about it on this podcast, then I'll be welcome to take some of the equity that you'll get. Cause uh, one of the big perks out of this one, you're joining a startup and they will give you equity in the startup. So you know, yeah. Asset Management today and uh, Caribbean Islands somewhere in the future once they're... Mm-hmm. A model I think that's only fair. I think that's it. only
0: fair. That's, that's
2: a very good point. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, there's a couple of other podcasts to mention um, that we've put out. We've has been quite a busy one for podcasts this month. So um, on the 16th of November, um, Rich did a podcast with the importance of data to successful ITAM. He spoke with ITAM professional and USU customer, Gillian McHugh, Um, And then also Robbie Plurd from ISU about the importance of data across an organisation. They discuss strategies to best engage stakeholders across the business, how to monitor ongoing data quality, the use of dashboards and more. They also talk about ways to extend your team in a flexible manner when needed and ponder what the upcoming AI revolution may look like for ITAM professionals. and then the other podcast is Digital Platform Conductors for ITAM and FinOps. So that came out on 23rd of November, so quite recently. Um, again, Rich, Rich hosted this one, speaking to Paul Dieu from ReadyWorks about how digital platform conductor tools can help organizations manage infrastructure and costs across a modern hybrid organization. Obviously assets are both on-prem and in the cloud. How do you not only track them, but also make the effective use of all the data that you have so again, all about data. Um, that's what they attempt to answer in this podcast. Um, probably just worth flagging, um, the po- I think most of our listeners probably still get the podcast through SoundCloud, which is where this was hosted uh, since the beginning. Um, but it is, we also have it available on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you do subscribe, if, if either of those is more useful for you, then make sure you do subscribe to it on, on either of those platforms as well then you'll make sure you will never miss one right um that's the end of everything i've got to talk through rich aj is anything else you wanted to mention that's going on in your lives um that we haven't already mentioned we've 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 covered a lot um i don't
1: think so i mean undoubtedly as soon as we stop recording i'll think of something um but yeah we've we've covered a lot of the you know wisdom apac has been my my big thing this month. Um so I i think I'm I'm more than happy. You know, there's plenty there for people to go and investigate and, and read and listen to. I think um yeah I, I'm happy to to leave it there from my side.
2: Yeah just one thing for me uh upcoming sort of our final event of the year uh our final online event of the year is um is the sustainability summit. Um George mentioned that at the start. I'm hosting that on the 14th of December. Um We've got some really good, it's a great time to do it, I think, because you're kind of thinking about next year. Well, you're probably thinking about not doing anything after that date, because it's the literally the day before my my son breaks up from school. But um, it's uh yeah, time to really kind of have a think about the future and think about what we're doing and maybe how we're gonna do some things differently in 2024. Um you will end up with plenty of food for thought about looking at sustainability in IT. Uh, And it's not just about the environmental side of things as well. We'll be covering um, the social and governance side of ESG as well. This is more to do with ESG as well as the environmental stuff. So, um, yeah, look out for that. I've got an article coming out, I would imagine, this week, depending on George's schedule. um, Just kind of looking at that, I'm musing on whether desktops are um, better for the environment than, than laptops.
0: Awesome, yeah, that should that should come out this week. Get that one out.
2: All
0: right, fantastic. All right, thanks everyone. Um, well, that's goodbye from me, uh, Rich and AJ. Do you want to say goodbye as well?
1: Goodbye. Enjoy. <laughs> see
0: you all soon.
2: Yeah, see you all soon. Are we doing one? Are we doing a, doing a December one, George? Or are we going to skip the holiday month? I this? was thinking about
0: that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We we could probably we could probably squeeze one in, but it's, it's in uh, it. yeah. And if you do it immediately after your summit.
2: <laughs> oh yeah that, that sounds great yeah, that'll, that'll be kind, yeah, I'm in my it? kind of like down tools mode and I have to do a, do a yeah. podcast yeah that sounds good let's do that that'd be fine okay. <laughs> so we should see you in December <laughs>
0: alright thanks everyone thanks see you. Bye. bye